Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We're back. We are indeed. Crazy episode uh, pretty, ahead. Yeah, should be should be interesting. We're hoping we're not going to get too sort of on tangents, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Knowing us, that um, probably won't happen. Um, but we will very, very quickly kind of run through like the last Premier League games for like a month, which is kind of crazy to be saying. And until November. Boxing Day. Until yeah. Boxing Day. So more than a month um i'll run through just go down the list um i don't know if you want to speak to man city's one two loss to brentford at all yeah um to be quite frank like it city didn't play well like at all um to be completely honest this was a 5 30 kickoff for me 5 30 a.m so i got up and i watched it live but a 5 a.m yeah I, there's my analysis skills are not at its at their height um, at that time in the morning. Um, I will say I felt like a lot of uh, several city players sort of had one foot already in Qatar um, yeah. for the World Cup, and that sort of had moved their focus. I think Ivan Tony had a particularly good game. Um, not although, surprising, seeing as he was left off of the World yeah he was left squad, off the squad. We'll so um, yeah, so I think there was a little bit of that going on um honestly Foden's goal was gorgeous it was a stunning 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 goal yeah um and I and I will say I was a bit disappointed I wasn't surprised to see City go down um early because they just were not playing very well um but I was a little bit disappointed in their response in the second half I think City is a team that usually is better in the second half than they are on the first um particularly when they're at home and so it was a little bit disappointing um but at the end of the day like it's not that big of a deal um yeah so um I will actually just say because we don't have it on the agenda and I forgot about until right now and just while we're on the topic of Brentford did you see this stuff about Ivan Tony getting charged for like betting over games or something like that yeah I only just briefly like skimmed the BBC article that I saw like an hour ago I saw he was charged with like 200 counts bit or something like that. 232. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what's going on there, but while we're on the subject of it, that's happening. So. Yeah, that looks like that's something that we'll be developing um, and we will kind of keep up to date on it as... But just, just to throw it out while we're on the topic. Yeah, um, to be determined. That we are aware that that is. is happening. We will probably follow up if and when something else happens with that yeah cool um just running down the list Bournemouth beat Everton 3-0 Liverpool beat Southampton 3-1 Nottingham Forest is continuing a good uh run of form with a 1-0 win over Crystal Palace um Spurs beats beat Leeds 4-3 another goal fest for Leeds they weren't able to pull out the win on this one but um Maybe they should focus on some defense. <laughs> It'll never um, happen. No. Um, Leicester beats West Ham 2-0. Newcastle continues more their run of form. Who would have thought that Newcastle would have been third in the Premier League going into the World Cup, but they beat Chelsea 1-0? Yep. Um, and then, you know, 
my personal favorite, Arsenal beat Wolves 2-0. They, they are now five points ahead of City at the top of the table. Yet another unexpected thing to come out of the first part of the season. Um, I will say I was worried about what you were saying about some players just being ready to go off to the World Cup. Um, yeah, that definitely happened in the City game. And so. um, we we really didn't show that, which I was very happy about. I mean, 2-0, it's good. We it, Again, probably could have had more, but I'm happy with that dominant, you know, performance. We looked good. Um, No one got injured before the World Cup sort of thing. Um, And I don't know. It's kind of like no expectations, obviously, because it is Arsenal who are like the team of falling apart. But um, I don't know. I I, I just don't know. But looking forward to seeing what happens in the second half of the season, because we do look like this isn't a fluke to say yeah the least. um but I, I think at this point us. we can I think at this point we can firmly say like Arsenal is not a fluke <laughs> I yeah. think we can pretty confidently say that um however I think it's almost unlucky in a way I feel like for Arsenal that they are finally sort of finding yes their rhythm in a, such a strange world cup year because I think it's really hard to tell how literally any team is going to be on the back on the back half of the Premier League season after this World Cup like like really hard and Arsenal does not have depth right like the one thing that City does have over them is depth and Arsenal like really doesn't City is has the most I think City is City is either one or two with like the most players yeah, exactly. playing at the World Cup. Yeah. So, and Arsenal like, has a good amount, but realistically, like the players on Brazil, Saliba for France, and like Saka and White for England are the ones who have feasible chances, I think, for like going far. So, yeah. like, oh, and I yet at the Ramsdale, same time, but... like even, even those players like are probably not going to be like playing 90 minutes, most of those guys. Are like I would assume, yeah, yeah. Not all I think of them Saka are going to play. Saka is the one who would be most yeah, likely Saka to play. Yeah, is the one who 90, probably yeah. will could see some decent game time. But like, it's definitely like, it's I definitely have concerns. Not, like, I feel yeah. like you are probably yeah. I would, like, as a I City have fan, concerns. I'd be more worried about that for Sydney about I, I me my main concern is people being injured. But like, we've got three Portugal starters. Mm-hmm. We've got you know anywhere between three or six England starters I mean it could just be a couple city players but feasibly you could see all six city players starting probably not because of you know Calvin Phillips and Kyle Walker but coming off of injuries but like Foden's probably going to start at least some games John Stones is certainly going to start yeah um you know Graylish could start here and there, you know, so it's just hard to, you know, you don't know, but, um, you know, and then De Bruyne is going to play a full 90 for every game of Belgium. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and the list goes on. Um, so, you know, it's, it'll be, it's just a wild card. So we really, honestly, we really don't know what it's going to look like. It's really hard to look at. Um, even like, even comparing like and even without the world cup like a mid-year table is sometimes deceiving but at the same time like 
is it going to be less deceiving because of the World Cup? Is it going to be more deceiving because of the World Cup? Like, what? We have no idea. All I know is that every single time Arsenal has been leading at Christmas, we've always lost somehow in the end. So it's not really, it means nothing for that. Yeah. Um, Let's just finish up these last couple of games in the Premier League. Um, Brighton lost to Aston Villa 2-1. And then Man United beat Fulham 2-1. Um, we wanted to spend a little bit of time hanging around in our favorite team, Man United's uh, drama for a second, because Ronaldo, because there's always drama. When you have Cristiano Ronaldo on your team, you might like have a lot of drama going on. Um, but talk about like bombshell interview post last game, pre World Cup type of yeah, whatever. Um, I would not be surprised if we never see him in a United jersey ever again. I quite frankly would be surprised if we do see him in a United Jersey post World Cup. Yeah. Um, in case you're living under a rock, um, and do not did not hear about this, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo gave an interview with Piers Morgan, which okay. red flag right off the bat, FYI. right off the bat, like <laughs> really okay, not good. But he gave an interview in which he did a lot of talking um Lots about how Manchester United betrayed him how their the state of the club is absolute dog shit nothing has gotten better um everything has stayed the same since he left um he doesn't have Ten Hag does not respect him so he has no respect for Ten Hag he will never respect someone who doesn't have respect for him um a lot of that sort of sort of stuff um, along that lines um i've been doing a lot of listening to mm-hmm. people's takes on this and there is quite nobody with any sort of degree of legitimacy that like isn't absolutely slamming him over this interview absolutely uh, destroying him the only people who are not criticizing for the, him for this interview are the like hardcore Ronaldo fanboys who like he could literally do anything and they wouldn't criticize him so like those are the only people who are not criticizing him like very rarely have I seen sort of like every person with any sort of credibility across the board agree so emphatically about something controversial I think I mean I think it's well known that neither of us are fans of Ronaldo and have never been and will never be. Um, What is fascinating to me, or I guess what, what baffles me most about this is I don't quite understand what he's trying to achieve with this interview because, and and I'll get to it in a moment, what people have suggested he may be trying to uh, achieve, but in my mind, in my, from my perspective, all he has done is make himself look like an egotistical ass, which I already thought he was, but he's given me a lot more thing and a lot more evidence of him being an egotistical ass, um, throwing a temper tantrum because it's not about him and Ten Hag wants him to be a squad player and he's having a meltdown because he turns 38 in a couple months and he like doesn't know how to handle the decline of his doesn't know how to handle himself and so he's making it everybody else's problem and he sounds like ridiculous and I think at the end of the day 
like what he's doing is our own personal feelings on him aside um he has a pretty a a very sort of you know decorated legacy in this sport he is going down in history as one of the all-time greats absolutely he's he is ruining his own legacy he really is like and, and look i would have gone to or will and will go for the rest of my life when you know one day i have kids grandkids they ask me about christiana ronaldo i will stay i will stay ever stay in your lane (laughs) i will stay critical of him i will not i will never be like yeah i didn't hate that guy like i will always be critical of him yeah and i'm not alone in that obviously you but there are a variety of other people who, who dislike ronaldo around the world for various reasons um but he is ruining he has been and i think like he has been for a little while probably for the last two years or so been sort of like slowly chipping away at his legacy um and then he just went at it with his sledgehammer i mean i I think that's a great way of like describing it also i think we should discuss some of the implications on like the portuguese team yeah absolutely because um, I, well, I think before we move on to the sort of the implications with the Portuguese team in the World yeah. Cup, I, like I think what I think is the thing that people ha- are having the most trouble with is the, his comments about Ten Hag, um, mm, because yeah. some of the criticisms he's he's making of Manchester United are like like he's not wrong. Yeah, like he they are like pretty badly mismanaged. Do I think it's incredibly out of pocket for him to be? like trashing them while he's still contract like under contract with them absolutely like that's not your job like get like produce results on the field and like then you can talk like he's he scored three goals this year like he's not I also don't know like right like I also don't know if the mismanagement is mismanagement is necessarily ten hog that's well that's the that's what I think is I think from my understanding of course not a Manchester United fan but from the sort of sentiment I get from Manchester United fans, Manchester United fans are, are, they like Ten Hag. They like what he's doing. They're starting to see his sort of, Man United has seemingly in many ways turned a corner. They look much better than they did three months ago. And, and like, even not as a fan, they look much better than they did a couple months ago. Like we were clowning on them so hard at the start of the season. And like, they they look good. Like, I don't have a problem. They look perfectly. Like, they look perfectly good now, um, but they don't like. They're not. It's not. You know. So it's kind of like, and he's and Ten Hag has been successful so far without Ronaldo. Ronaldo's not contributing to their success no, he's this year. Not. They almost and look better so with him not on the field. They do look better with him not on the field, and Ten Hag has has sort of. I think the thing is there are managers that you can kind of like shit on and they'll take it. Like, you know, I think Olegon Solskjaer was probably the type of manager that Ronaldo could have worked. Um, Ten Hag is not that guy. Ten Hag will, but I also think like, if you think back to like the disciplinary issues potentially that Ronaldo has had this year, he didn't go to Manchester United preseason. Mm -mm. Um, Ten Hag was brand new at the club at the time. He wasn't at preseason. 
Um, but when questioned about it, all Ted Hogg said was, it's a personal matter. Like we're all good. Everything's good here. Like, don't worry about it. He's not here for a personal matter. Like I'm not upset with him. We're not worried about him. He's fine. Like he's, yeah. he's dealing with a personal matter. It's fine. So it's not like Ten Hag threw him under the bus with that when he yeah. didn't come to preseason. For whatever reason, he didn't come to. He's saying I think his daughter was sick or something. I don't know. Which, but, like, if that's the case, like that's like that's, that's fine. fine. But also, like nobody was throwing him under the bus for that. Like no, no, Ten no Hogg, one was. He was fine. And then, with letting him do that. Yeah, like, and then you know, and he's not been you know allegedly around, you know, around their sort of training grounds and stuff has not exactly been a positive presence, but. Ten Hog hasn't really like thrown him under the bus publicly. When Ronaldo left that game while they were still playing a couple of weeks ago, which to me still I feel like got swept under the rug like a bit too quickly. But like Ten Hog, when that happened, was like, look, like he disciplined him, he dealt with it internally, and then they moved on. Like, yeah, which yeah. is his, which is what he should do as coach. Like Ten Hog has not been dragging Ronaldo through the mud. He has not done anything. He made him captain against Aston Villa. No, I Pritchard know. Captain Man United against Aston Villa. Like, yeah. what was that two weeks ago? Yeah. Like, I there is nothing in the only way to me from from an outsider perspective, and and I've heard quite a bit. I've heard this sort of reiterated by several Manchester United insiders on other podcasts this week. Um, Ten Hag has not disrespected has not disrespected Cristiano Ronaldo. But in Cristiano Ronaldo's mind, when he's not starting, that's him being disrespected. Yeah. And so that's, but that's not, like somebody said on one of the podcasts, um, Ten Hag is the manager of Manchester United. He is not the manager of Cristiano Ronaldo's ego. Like, yeah, that's a very, very spot on. I can't remember exactly who said it, so sorry for not crediting it. But somebody sorry. said that on one of the, I think it was on Sky Sports. Yeah. Um, but somebody that I that I said it said that earlier and and I just like I thought that was very you know it, that was exactly right like I don't think Ten Hag has done anything disrespectful for, to Cristiano Ronaldo he hasn't prioritized Cristiano Ronaldo but that's not disrespectful no so Ten Hag's job is to help Manchester United win games which he has done and nobody else at the problem at the club seems to have any problem with Ten Hag it's only Ronaldo so, like, I, I just think he's just – and the whole thing is – I it was suggested several times that the reason he's doing this is because he wants to force Manchester United into um, breaking – like, canceling his contract, um, basically firing him, so that he can be a free agent and have sort of, like, control over what he's going to do next. Who um, is going to want him? That's that's what everybody's saying. Everybody and their mother is saying, well, what are who is going to want him? He's got, even if he comes for free, like there's no transfer, he's got, I think they said he's like $500,000 a week. Like he's got one of the yeah. highest salaries in in the world. Um, he's, a, he's a shit show. He's not performing well. He's nearly 38 years old. Um, he's not performing on the field. And he's an attitude problem. A big attitude problem. He's a big attitude problem. He's exactly the the wrong player anyone will want on their team. Like he's, there's, what does he bring you? Nothing. Nothing. Right now, he does not have anything to offer a club. I think they were saying the only thing. Name recognition is something either, really. 
like, yeah, okay, you'll sell some, you'll sell some jerseys, but you're probably going to sell fewer jerseys than you would have five years ago because this just pissed a whole bunch of people off. Like everyone like, off. Like the Ronaldo fanboys will be the Ronaldo fanboys. They are what they are. But like, maybe he should just go to the MLS. There'd be plenty well, of fanboys over here. The problem is he wants to play in the Champions League. He wants to play in the Champions League because um, I heard had someone suggested that Ronaldo or Messi just scored four goals in the group stage. Messi is now like less than ten goals from Ronaldo's overall Champions League record, uh, like all time Champions League goals. So Cristiano Ronaldo is like really sweating that. But at the same time, like Cristiano, you are two years older than Messi. Yeah. At some point, like you can't just like your legacy should be able to endure even if Messi catches you on that record. I agree. You're still because like- I would because I'm gonna be honest, I will whether or not Messi catches him on that record, I will forever maintain that Messi is a better player. A hundred yeah. times out of a hundred, oh, I would absolutely. take Messi over Ronaldo in my team, even before all this drama. A hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah, I mean, that's not, and, that doesn't really change our opinion from the past, like, decade, probably. Yeah, but. no, it <laughs> really doesn't. But uh, point being, like, it, you're not, you are doing more harm to your legacy by pulling this kind of behavior than, like, losing the Champions League goal record would do to you. Yeah. Like, you are causing more harm doing this than that would. Yeah, have. I agree. Like, I just feel like, I just feel like I don't understand. The reality is there's basically like three places he could go. Um, somewhere in the Middle East or Asia where they have lots of money to throw at him. Um, but obviously the yeah. international fan bases aren't really there in those places. Um, uh, Lisbon, I believe. I know, I feel like that might be what he's going to do. Lisbon have said a handful of times that they would love to have him, but they just can't afford him. Yeah. So if he, if he was willing to take a salary cut, he could go to Lisbon. Yeah. Um. But, like, I don't know how much that's going to help his Champions League. Like, yeah, Lisbon will be in the Champions League, but, like, even with, with a 38, 39-year-old Ronaldo, like, that's not really going to help them get any further in the Champions League than they usually no. do. No. Um, and the third one, some people have suggested being the MLS. Now, I don't want to get into the sticky mess that is Cristiano Ronaldo's past legal issues in the United States. This is true. He might not want to be coming I to the U.S. I do think that that will prevent him from coming to the MLS. Yeah. Um, and I will leave that particular topic at that. At that. Um. But moving on to how this is going to um, sort of affect Impact the Portugal. World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've probably, if you're on Twitter, have seen the videos circulating of the greeting between Cristiano Ronaldo and um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandez, Fernandez yeah. which was um, coolly polite at best, um, I would say. Bruno did not seem super pleased with him, which would be obvious. I believe correct me if i'm wrong i believe that bruno is club captain for manchester united i he's one of he's if he's he might not be the top captain but he's one of the club captains at manchester united yeah i don't know he is one of the i mean i may be wrong i'm pretty sure he's one of the club captains at um 
So like, that's not super cute of Ronaldo to be doing, um, especially when Man United is finally turning a corner and they're actually doing well. It's just Ronaldo running his mouth. Um, I thought actually the more interesting reaction was Cristiano Ronaldo, the video, I don't know if you saw this, on the training ground of Cristiano Ronaldo um, approaching Jao Cancelo. Did you see that one? Yep, I saw that one too. Uh, Because that was downright go the fuck away. Yeah. That was a downright leave me alone. Um, Yeah. Now, I don't know, like, in my sort of understanding, club rivalries have never really transferred over to international duty. No, they all come together and play. So I don't think Cancelo, like, gives a shit about what Ronaldo is saying about Manchester United, really. But still, uh not great not a great reception um but speaking to sort of portugal and whether this is going to affect portugal i i don't personally know that portugal was ever gonna like win this world cup or anything so like i don't know how much it ultimately matters but i will say i actually wrote down a quote from um the es one of the espn fc's espn fc actually did two different shows on this um, mm-hmm. or two different shows where they talked about it. Um, and they talked about, they were really brutal, um, which was entertaining for me. But <laughs> they were talking about this question of, um, you know, is this going to affect the Portugal squad? Like, what is that going to look like? What's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. And they were talking about basically how um, that the Portugal squad has kind of always been the Ronaldo show. It always Mm -hmm. has, even though for, in my opinion, several years now, um, there have been players that are more, that are better than Ronaldo in the squad. It still had continued to be, you know, the Ronaldo show. So I, and I will say, I heard that apparently there were critiques coming from Portugal in their sort of last round of sort of games that Portugal was playing. Yeah. Of Ronaldo, which is very new. Yeah. Portugal hysteric, uh, historically has had, has literally never criticized Cristiano. So that's new um, before this, like was new as of like the last year or so. But so there's that, that's happening. But I, I don't know that they're really going to change how they do it. But I actually wrote down one of the things that they said on. Yeah, um, yeah the ESPN FC because they said um they said you accept he's gonna put the free kick into the wall or over the bar to keep him happy mm. um because they basically said that in the in the context of they were talking about how Cristiano Ronaldo is always going to take the free kicks he's yep. always going to take the penalty kicks he's always yep. going to do that for Portugal it's never been anybody else it's never going to be anybody else until he retires yeah. but and that they accept that he hasn't had a good free kick in, I can't remember the last time he scored a particularly notable free kick goal. Um, but they said they ex- you accept that he's going to put it into the wall or over the bar to keep him happy because you need to keep cohesion in your dressing room. Now, I don't know how much that's really working at this point because it don't look like that dressing room is too cohesive. But, you know, on the bright side, at least they're not France. So... <laughs> we'll get to that later um we're gonna get into that um but yeah i have yeah anyway i I, yeah i don't know i we we do like to take some time to you know shit on ronaldo on this podcast this is very much grounded 
Um, yeah. And uh, that's kind of our wrap up of the Premier League. Um, we wanted to know yeah. a couple of other things before moving into the bulk of the World Cup discussion. Yes. La Liga, we wanted to mention Barcelona has finished two points ahead of Real Madrid. Real Sorry. Madrid, yep. Um, and uh, the Bundesliga, yeah. Uh, Bayern is back on top. Um, they are have a four point lead on Freiburg right now. Um, so that is the state of the Bundesliga and La Liga. Um. Uh, I believe PSG is on top of the French yeah, league. French league, Ligon, Um, PSG is leading. They have a five-point lead over the next team, and then to round out the Syria, Syria, Napoli, is, uh, Napoli, who have a uh, geez, they have a pretty big lead. They have forty-one fair. points. I don't think I realized it was this large of a lead. Milan has thirty-three. Yeah, so they have an eight-point lead right now. That's crazy. Yeah. But Napoli has been killing it all season, have been looking fantastic in the Champions yes, League. Yes, they have not. They so. still have not lost domestically, yeah. uh, Napoli. So. They've lost in the Champions League, but not. they still have not lost domestically. So um, that's sort of where we're standing in the big five leagues going into the World Cup. We're going to talk rosters. We're going to talk our predictions, um, who's going to get out of the groups, and then who we ultimately think is going to win. Um, yeah. So we will uh, we'll get into that now, I guess. Um, we're going to go group by group, so it should be pretty straightforward. We're going to start with you, Group ESPN. A. Thank you, ESPN. Yeah, shout out to ESPN for having a really nice out for us. Um, playoff for us. So Group A, um, we start with Ecuador. Um, Anything of note to note on this? Um Nothing uh, super, nothing sort of jumping out at me um, from the Ecuador team. Uh, yeah, yeah, nothing. They, say... they are playing in the opening game against Qatar. I believe that they have several. I, this is one of the teams that has like a chunk of MLS players, I believe. Yeah, they do. Um, I do. But yeah, I, nothing I, just super, nothing super jumping out at me. Depending, and I will say, I, I don't really know, depending on Sadio Mane's health, which I don't know if we've gotten an yes. update on. I do think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think Qatar really has it in them, but I think that Ecuador, like, could they come out of this group behind the Netherlands? I think injury... I think that is entirely dependent on the health of Sadio Mane. Yes. And if anyone is trying to do their FIFA bracket like me and is trying to wait till the very last moment, I, it's one of the things I'm waiting on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, on to the Netherlands. Um, I feel like relatively the Netherlands doesn't really have much yeah there's not too much to talk about with um the Dutch largely because they don't have a deep enough roster for like people to be left off yeah um highlights of their roster are of course you know Van Dyke, Ake, uh Delict, De Jong, uh you know Depay, Depay, you know just to name the sort of big um sort of notes um i do believe actually they have brought one player who is um they brought an untapped player yes 
Simon, which is interesting. I don't know very much about him, but he's nineteen. Yeah, um, and uncapped. So I, I know good experience. PSV. I know he plays for PSV, so that's interesting there. Nice. Um, but that's sort of the only thing sort of notable about that. Um, yeah. Cool. Moving on, I literally do not have a damn thing to say about the Qatari squad. I, I don't am either. not familiar with any of their players, so I yeah. Tends don't to be what happens when your team isn't very good? Um. <laughs> sorry sorry um nope. we're really trying to hold back but we're not um moving on to senegal i mean i think the big thing is the saudi money healthy um if he is i um i, I believe i read something that suggests he will be available to play okay. um their opening game is monday so against the netherlands so we will see but i think actually they will the the first game for Senegal will tell us a lot, I think, against yeah. the Netherlands because the Netherlands are the clear, clear, clear favorite in this group. Yeah. Um. So I think this first game, uh, will will tell us will tell us a lot about whether about what this Senegal team um could be capable of sort of long term. But yeah. Um. I think if Sadio Mane is is healthy, that you know is is a big or even even if he's not healthy if he can play if he can play yeah that's big a big thing for them um Uh, to kind of wrap it up this group up i mean i obviously the netherlands we think is are going to come out and then i mean i think it probably is leaning towards senegal um yeah even with or without Mane. but um yeah i will put i would say strongly for senegal yeah, I put um, in my bracket coming out of this group the Dutch as first and Senegal as second. Um, yeah. If you're wondering, I have Ecuador finishing third and Qatar last, but um, in the group. But it's only really important for the first two. So I do have Ecuador, uh, or I do have Ecuador and Qatar being um, eliminated in yeah. this group. Um, group B. <clears throat> England. England. Let's talk England. Let's England. talk England. This is one we're probably going to spend a be- decent bit of time on, so just putting that out there. Bear with um, us. But let's let's get chatting. So um, I don't think there's anything really controversial about the goalkeepers. Pickford, Ramsdale, Nick Pope. Um, we knew that. Three, three really that. good goalkeepers. Obviously, Pickford's the starter, but um, should he go down injured, unfortunately, you know, they have two pretty good backups. I think Ramsdale's obviously, you know, first backup. Nick Pope would be, yeah. you know, the third goalkeeper. But, you know, nonetheless. Um, Agreed not a ton to talk about with defenders to be honest i think the the big name missing is is reese james um which is of course due to injury yeah so there's not like a ton to talk about with that um we've got karen trippier taa kyle walker ben white harry mcguire john stone Derek dyer connor cody and luke shaw who Um, they play might be up for debate yeah who was gonna play i think i think if kyle walker can play he will play um john stones i think is another obvious guy that's going to start because whether they play stones is stones whether they play a four-man back or a three-man back um both of which southgate has been known to do john stones will play um harry Maguire, i think is probably the next guy in there and then if they play a four-man back i do think it'll be Maguire, stones walker and shaw um if walker is healthy but if walker is not you know uh, honestly they they don't really have 
they have center back is their issue i think john stones is their only like i will say that i don't know i mean the problem is like ben white is a center back i don't know he hasn't been playing that for arsenal he's been playing right back so i think that there's the question there of if you play with four in the back do you take him or do you take harry Maguire? I'm more yeah. looking at Ben White as a potential for one of the wings if needed, probably. I agree. I agree. I think I think Ben White is more likely to play um in sort of a wing back role than a center back, but yeah. you never know. Um if they need if they hypothetically I do needed think he's him a, to do that, he could. Yeah, I do think he's a good option to have if you're gonna play three man back, because like you said, he plays both positions. He's kind of yeah. like John Stones in that way. Yeah. Um, except kind of like the reverse of John Stones in the sense that yeah. He's a center back, but he plays mostly at as an outside back right now. And Stones is a center back who mostly plays at center back, but sometimes plays outside back. Yes. Um I mean, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how they end up playing. I, I don't know. Um, yes. I honestly can't imagine that Trent Alexander Arnold is gonna see that much of the field purely because of the way because of the holes that he creates you know creates defensively and because Southgate is such a defensive manager who is so plays so defensively and so sort of uh like conservatively yeah that I just don't think he's gonna play a ton but we'll see um midfielders moving on to midfielders um Declan Rice, Jude Bellingham, Calvin Phillips, Jordan Henderson, Connor Gallagher, Mason Mount Connor Gallagher is the notable one sort of in the midfield group. I don't think yeah. anybody else is really, really no. that notable. I don't expect we'll see much of Jordan Henderson. I think he's there as a veteran in the locker room to be sort yeah. of a leader. Yeah. Um, not really so much to play on the field. And I think that's fair enough. I think that's, to- I'm, has, yeah, that's not a, has a really good reputation as a leader at Liverpool. So I think that translates over to England. Um, I expect we'll see a decent bit of Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham playing side by side. Expect, um, uh, which I will say, I do. While I like Calvin Phillips a lot, he's obviously coming back from injury, which is why. But I think Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham are uh, Jude Bellingham goes forward a lot from that sort of deep seated position, which I think will suit England better um, yeah. than they did in Euros because that was one of my biggest criticisms. Oh my god, of them. that was the worst. Euros, that was so annoying. That they <laughs> constantly played a double pivot when they had so many, you know, talented attackers. Yeah. Um, Connor Gallagher, I think, will probably not start. We'll see. Might see him off the bench. Mason Mount. Um, Mason Mount has not had the best year, no. but I like Mason Mount. So I hope he sort of finds a run of form. Yeah. Um, forwards wise, we've got Harry Kane, Callum Wilson, Marcus Rashford, Sterling, Saka, Foden, Graylish, and James Madison. Um, James Madison is one of the biggest sort of surprises in the yeah. in the call up, a- along with Connor Gallagher. Um, he likely gets the call over Ivan Tony, who we did discuss a little bit earlier. Um, I think the writing was on the wall with Tony. We've seen Madison in this England squad before. Um, yeah. Ivan Tony has not has not really. Um, the other notable miss uh, is Tammy Abraham um, yeah. is not in the squad, who is another forward. Um, that one, I think, is a little bit more of a snub because he is playing decently well. He's playing um, well right now. Yeah. He's at Roma, I believe. Um, yes. So that is a little bit more of a snub, I think, than Ivan Tony. While Ivan Tony has had a great year, he has not had, um, you know, uh, or any sort of he'd basically be coming as a debutante and Southgate, like I've previously mentioned, is far too conservative for that. Um, 
I think Harry Kane is your obvious starting number nine. That's not. I really hope play... that doesn't change. Yeah. Now, personally, I would start Foden and Saka on the two wings. Yeah, me um... too. <laughs> that's not what other people say, though. Yeah, that's who I would start. I, I actually have heard a couple people suggest that. Um, I just think mostly because Sterling has historically started on that left wing. Sterling, um, I think, has not had... Sterling, I think, was hoping with his move to Chelsea to have a bit of a resurgence. That has not happened. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Jack Grealish is also playing, can also play on that that wing. Phil Foden can play both sides. Um, Saka mostly plays on the the right isn't that right the right yeah yeah i don't i was gonna say i don't think that I've is also that. partially due i mean because martinelli is on the other side yes um, yes but, but i, I just was gonna like probably play on the right for england i would assume yeah um marcus rashford also like has found a little bit of form recently but yeah. just not the most consistent performer recently um phil foden is in great form so i I think he. I think if you go off form, those are your. Your there's three obvious starters, right? I would agree. Jack yeah. Raylish. Um, I love. We all know here that I love Jack Raylish, but Jack Raylish is incredibly effective for England off the bench. I was gonna say he's um, gonna come in in the 60, 65 minutes. An, he has an excellent track record off the bench yeah. for England. I think yeah. Gareth Gareth Southgate has no reason to screw with that. Um, and I think Graylish doesn't really have a problem with that. So no. I would actually really like to see Foden start and Graylish come on for him. Um. Yeah both to manage Foden's minutes a little bit um, and also to just Jack Relish is kind of a super sub. Um, he really, he really has been incredibly successful off the bench for this squad. So um, we'll see that. Um, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Callum Wilson will probably not see the field much unless Harry Kane goes down. Um, yeah. Or if they're resting because they don't need. Or they're resting team. because yeah. they've already won. They won the group. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's. I think there's actually not too much craziness going on with no. the with the England squad, to be honest. But relatively um, calm, and ne- they are. We never know once they start playing. Who knows? True, true. <laughs> honestly, like in on paper, this in this in, in there's an England starting eleven here that is incredibly good, um, very very talented. Reality is, we never honestly you unclear, know. unknown. On all levels. Like, they have not looked good the last couple times they've gone out and played, so who well, knows? They also might turn up for the World Cup, so we'll never know. They might, so who knows? Who knows? Um, um, should we move we on? We have... Yeah. Okay. Iran. Iran. I don't have anything to say about Iran. I don't have, have anything, anything to say either. About Iran. So sorry. Um, and also, the U.S. Uh, we did our in-depth dive we on the U.S. Dive. You should go listen to last week's episode if you want to hear that. Um, like an hour and so a half. So we will not. It's yeah, time. it's an hour and a half. So it's the last hour of it. It's the last 50 minutes of last week's episode is our discussion of the United States um, team. So if you want to hear that, you can go back and listen to that. We're not going to sort of repeat ourselves no. two weeks in a row. Um, we went to Wales. Yeah, Wales is a Wales is a weird one. It's hard They're to tell because so hard to tell. You know, they've got a handful of guys, you know, that yep. you know that you will have known. Danny Ward, um, as a goalkeeper, Ben Davies, um, Nico Williams, Joe Allen, and Ramsey, Gareth Bale, Keith Moore, uh, Daniel yep. James. But um 
Wales's problem is, you know, death, as most most countries' problem is death. Obviously, um, I mean, listen. At the end of the day, Gareth Bale's Gareth Bale, um, and he is capable of being incredibly clutch. We have seen him be incredibly clutch um, recently in the MLS uh, final. Yeah. So. Um, Kiefer Moore has always also had a pretty pretty good first half of the season um, in the Premier League. He scored a couple of goals recently. Uh, alternatively, Dan James has has struggled quite a bit. Um, yeah, I have not talked about Aaron Ramsey. I feel like in like ten years. So again, but you know, a lot of these players do turn up for Wales, which is why yes, I feel like they're yes. such a wild card. Because sometimes you're like. Oh well, they're not playing very well, but then like they're all for Wales and like they're really good. So like, yeah, unknown. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, um gonna make predictions coming out of the group. Yeah. So um, England is pretty obviously the favorite to win. Um, of course, with the caveat of sometimes England is weird bad. and fucks <laughs> bad. So, but England England should win this group. England should. If win England this group. does not win this group the world may have like fallen apart type type thing if england doesn't win this group england might as a nation might in- implode sink into the sea um, yeah yes it might <laughs> do pull in atlantis and just sink into the sea um but so i expect england to win the group um i do think who else goes through we will know on monday i think who else yes, will go through i agree Ooh, I yeah. think the result of, of U.S. Wales, Wales will tell us who will go through the group. Yep. Um, I'm being optimistic and picking the U- U.S. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. being optimistic and picking the U.S. I think I think I think on paper the U.S. is the better team. Um, I think so too. Their best I eleven. Agree. I think the U.S.'s best eleven is better than Wales's best eleven. But like we've been saying this whole time, in practice, who truly knows? So I'm picking the U.S but it could be Wales. I think Iran is clearly the, the you know, one left out. Yeah. The one left out. But I, I do think it will be the U.S. I, God, I hope it's the U.S. I really but, do too. Um, Even though there's a worst flag hanging in my room at home. Yeah. We won't talk about it. Um, group C. <laughs> Argentina. Let's talk about Argentina. Favorite, um, Emiliano Martinez is their starter. Yep. Um, this is obviously... Um, one of the favorites uh, to win. We will talk about our picks um, or favorites to win at the end. But um, you know, a lot of a lot of notable players here. But I think probably one of the most notable things here uh, is not who is on the team or who is not on the team, but rather uh, how much these guys have rallied together. So much. Argentina is one of the, I would say, few teams on the national team level who like feel like they have a real chemistry as a group. Um, in a way that, you know, national teams just it's difficult for national teams to do. That's not really a criticism of anybody else's national team because I just just hard, especially now that we have a lot of time together. Very little time together. But this group really seems to have a sort of chemistry about them. Obviously, you've got some really good players. You've got Christian Romero. You've got Odomendi. You've got Lissandro Martinez at, uh, and defenders. Midfielders, you've got Rodrigo DePaul, uh, McAllister. 
um, you know, forwards, of course, Lionel Messi, De, uh, Di Maria, Latoro, Martinez, Julian Alvarez, Paulo Dybala, like, you know, like Nico Gonzalez. Like, we're really, they've got an excellent, excellent team, but I do think they have a very, you know, they have a they have a chemistry to the group, yeah, um, and a real sort of desire to the group that I real seen desire in some yeah. other in I, some I, other. I still haven't watched groups. that documentary on Netflix about the Copa America win, but yeah, it might be an interesting watch to anyone who wants to learn a little bit more about this team. Yeah, um, Mexico. Um, I don't have a ton to say about individual players for no. Mexico, although I will say one of my coworkers. Um, he is Mexican and he had quite a bit to say about it. Okay. Um, particularly about the inclusion of Raul Jimenez, um, mm-hmm. who is injured right now over some other players. Okay. Um, I think the biggest criticism of this Mexican squad has been its age. Yeah. Um, yeah. This Mexican squad is, is quite a bit on the older side. They don't have anybody under the age of 24, um, so somebody was saying how, you know, Mexico is one of the hosts for the 2026 World Cup alongside the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Um, and they were and saying what's how their squad going to look like? Mexico will not have anybody in the 2026 World Cup with World Cup experience under the age of 26. Yeah. Um, Yeah, which is not ideal. <laughs> Far from ideal. Opposite, well, I say, of the U.S. Um, yeah, fairly. Yeah, the U.S. has one of the youngest squads. Um, yeah. So yeah, Poland? that's that's been the bit of, biggest criticism yeah. of yeah. the Mexican team. Um, not a ton to say about Poland. Um, everybody kind of knows this is the the Lewandowski team. Yep. Although I do think it's worth noting they do have a couple other notable yeah. you know, players: Bednarek, uh, Matty Cash. Um, to Shezny? you know just. Yeah, there's a handful of other, you know, yeah, you know, other players here. He is not the only person, but you know, no, no, absolutely not. Poland's uh, much like Senegal, Poland's results do rely fairly heavily on uh, Lewandowski. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything to say on Saudi Arabia? Nope. Okay. Um, predictions on the group. Argentina. Um, Argentina is going to come out group winner. I there's not a doubt in my mind that Argentina is going to come out group winner. I think it's kind of a toss up between Mexico and Poland. I'm favoring Poland right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm picking. I'm picking Poland. Um, it wouldn't be the greatest shock in the world if it was Mexico instead. Yeah, I agree. I think much like I think much like uh, group. B, it'll depend on the first. Uh, game. It will depend on that first game between Mexico and Poland. Um, I agree. So yeah, that's my my feeling on that. Agreed. All right, moving on. Next group. Group D group is, I think, one of the D. easiest groups to pick <laughs> one and two out of. Yeah, um, but do you have anything to say on Australia? It is nice uh, to have them back. They've done some good things, speaking out against Qatar. Yeah, but I don't know that they're going anywhere. I don't think they're going anywhere either. Um, and that is because Denmark, woo, woo, woo. This yeah, is my who team. Of course have, who, of course, have Casper Schmeichel in goal, a handful of rather talented defenders, some some very good midfielders, and they even got a couple of forwards. They are not <laughs> deep, 
They are not deep. They're not deep. But they do have good starting 11, I believe. They have I a very so good starting 11. Yeah. And they've been, much like Argentina, they have been playing very cohesively recently. Yeah. Um, they've looked good. They Since look like they Euros have a chemistry. Last, yeah. Whenever that was, they have been looking good. They've had some big wins in the Nations League right before this. Yeah. Go Debark. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> when you look at um in comparison, France, who, yes, have a fairly deep squad in terms of the talent on there, you know, the likes of Loris and Lucas Hernandez and Theo Hernandez and Kunde and Pavard and Saliba Macampo and Veron, Camavinga, yeah. Fofana, Ganduzi, Rabio, you know, the list goes on. Benzema, Komen, Dembele, Giroud, Griezmann, and Mbappe. You know, it, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Uh, the problem with France is they all hate each other. Yeah. They have no chemistry. Nobody on France likes anybody else on France. No. <laughs> it is entertaining they, to watch. Um, I to, the say... point, to the point where, like, their mom's beef on the sidelines. Yeah. So, like. Yeah. So I expect them to get out of the group still, but it'll be fun to watch. Um, yes um i don't have anything to say about tunisia i don't either. don't know okay i um, don't really know anything about tunisia um the decisions i have denmark winning the group i do too which is a little bit of a hot take because most people would look at that group and pick and pick france but i have it going out denmark one france two because i think with the chemistry and the cohesiveness that denmark plays with gotta shake um, it up a little bit and the French and the sort of the mess that is the French team. And I think you combine that with the fact that neither of the two other um, teams in this group are particularly threatening. Yeah. So therefore, you know, the, the result of the France-Denmark game likely will only determine who wins the group, not have any bearing on who gets out of the group. Yeah. Um. Like and therefore, too, I just Denmark think... has just recently beat France in a relatively yes. resounding win. Now, you know, hard to beat the same team twice, but I think they'll be confident playing France. Yeah. I So, yeah, I have Denmark winning the group and France going through a second. I do, too. Okay. Group E. Good on to Group E. Um, Costa Rica? Costa Rica, um, whose most notable player is Kaylor Navas. Yeah. I'd love to see Costa Rica in the World Cup. I'm a fan. I don't think they're getting out of this group. Neither do I. Um, I think they're actually, I think they're probably getting last in that group. I think so too. Um, Germany? Germany is a little interesting, especially because ironically last year, I was last week I was talking about um, Dortmund and the sort of, we were talking about the Champions League and I was talking about how Dortmund, oh, well, they don't have a lot of guys going to the World Cup. And I specifically named uh, Yusufa Makoku and Kareem Adeyemi. Yes. And I both of them heard us the and he decided that. So, <laughs> which I, I to, be, to be clear, I'm delighted about. Good choices, um, I think. I think, and, I, think great, I think great choices for Germany to have both. Oh, I do too. I think they're both, they're both excellent. Um, I think Germany actually, people have sort of written off Germany recently because they've not played particularly well. But they have a handful of guys in this squad who are in really good form, most notably Jamal Musiala. Um, the man, boy, fantastic. The kid is the kid. on fire Absolutely. right like, now. Talk about peaking um, before your World Cup, first World Cup. Yes. 
Yes. So I do think I do think um, Germany has some concerns at the back, but yes. I think their attack is very very threatening. Yeah. Um, so we will see. We will see how this goes. They've only brought four forwards. They've brought a lot of guys as midfielders, which of course they of course they have Thomas Miller listed. Oh, yeah. Um, as a as a midfielder, they have Julian Brandt, who's a winger listed as a midfielder. They have Sane, who is a winger Gnabry. listed as a midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Um. And you know, Ilka Gundogan is also in pretty good form right now. Uh, yeah. Mario Goza was a bit of a surprise um inclusion because yes. he hasn't really been in around this group um in a while i will be interested i do think neuer will still start in goal but i do wonder whether or not that's that's gonna hold yeah i don't i'm not gonna say any more than that but just putting that into the universe um but yeah, yeah. germany stays looking good stays germany um japan Japan is another one of those teams where, yeah, they don't have any anybody that you're going to, like, pick off of this They look uh, good against squad. the U.S. But I will say that. Although, I, I will say, I do think it's funny that they have a goalkeeper named Daniel Schmidt. Um, <laughs> hey. I think that's funny. Um, it's funny. It's funny. Come on. It's funny. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know. But... <laughs> You know, it's it's the same way that there's a there's a ginger on Argentina named Alexis McAllister. Yeah, that's like, true. It's Valid. funny in the same way. You Valid. know, like yes, um, not knocking anyone's nationality. But yes, um, but I think that Japan plays a really good ch- like chance of break. Like, I don't think anyone can play take a- them for granted in this group. Yes, they are not. They are definitely not an easy win. Um, and then yeah, Spain. Those are last yeah. one, obviously. Um, um, a couple interesting, I guess, uh, that Sergio Ramos is not in the squad. Yeah. I don't know how... Now, obviously, I'm not the biggest Ramos fan, but I don't I know how he's not for him not to be in the squad, just honestly, because we've talked in the past about how big of a presence he is as sort of a leader in a group. Um, yeah. I agree. And I I might have spe- especially because in case you didn't know um a 26 man roster is three more players than are usually allowed on World Cup lost rosters usually yeah. only 23. So there's three extra roster spots um this year that they don't normally have and um yeah, yeah I would have and, expected and him also I'm just a little for, like, surprised that yeah. experience type leadership. Yeah, there. yeah, there's not a ton of players left um no. in this Spain like groups that were on the World Cup that were on the World Cup winning squad in 2010. Um, Ramos is yeah Busquets, but Ramos yeah. is one of them. So you yeah. would I would have thought maybe they're there. Um, Ansu Fati is in, which is nice to see. Um, you know, I, I don't know. If there's anything else really particularly no. surprising here. Busquets, Rodri, Gavi, Pedri. Yeah. Lorente. I think it's completely Torres, Morata, Asensio, Sarabia, Danny Almo, and so yeah. Like, nothing too crazy here. Um, yeah. I expect this Spain team to be pretty good. Yeah. I think so, too. Um, Do we have predictions coming out of the group? I think Spain is going to win the group. Mm-hmm. I am... I think I have Germany going through as well. I think that's what I have, though. My heart... Is pulling for Japan. I wouldn't say I'm pulling for Japan, but I wouldn't be. 
I would neither be surprised or unhappy if they went through. I also think Germany could win this group. Yeah. I was, I but was, I, do think I don't if know who Germany first, really. If Germany wins the group, I think Spain goes through second. If Spain wins the group, yeah, I think it, it's either Germany or Japan, which is maybe doesn't make any sense, but and again, that's how I feel. No, and again, Germany and Japan play first, so that could be a telltale sign for that as well. I think that, yeah, I do think that will be fairly, fairly telling. Yeah. Um, group F? Yep. We Belgium. start with Belgium and Group F. Yep. Um, Belgium, I think, reminds me in many ways of the, the Netherlands team in the sense yep. that they have a pretty good, you know, top end. Um, not a lot after that. Kind of but, the you same know, you got... people that we've been expecting. Kind of their golden age is still hanging around, but maybe probably the last. This is probably their last one. Uh, uh, You know, you've got Korta, you've got Vertonghen, you've got uh, Dedonker, Alderweireld, uh, Axel Witzel, Tielemans, both Hazards. Yeah, both Hazards. Um, Mounier, Lukaku, Bachwai, um, Trossard. uh, Leandro Trossard is having a great year. um, He really is, yeah. Which I think is really good for Belgium. Yeah. 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 On, the, on the flip side, De Ketelaire is struggling a little bit in his recent move. Who He was really good last yeah. year, but has, has struggled a little bit this year. But um, I thought he looked good for Belgium last time I watched Belgium, but that was kind of a while ago. So Yeah, I haven't watched Belgium. So, I mean, again, I feel like they're going to make it out of this group. Um, I think they're going to win the group. <laughs> yeah. Canada. I honestly am pulling for Canada here. Um. I'll be interested to see how Canada um, performs against play uh, teams like Belgium and Croatia. Yeah. Um. It also is Davies still injured. Unclear. Also, Alfonso Davies listed as a forward is funny to me. Yeah, that is funny. I agree. That's funny. Um, there. The reality is the the three best players for Canada are listed as forwards. Tejon Buchanan, uh, Jonathan David, and Alfonso Davies. Um, Excellent players. There's quite a bit of a drop-off here. Um, We'll see how they perform. Canada have not been in the World Cup in a very, very long time, so... Also, I would view this as a building year for them. They will want to... Yeah. um... They'll want to get out of the group, but it will not be, you know... There will not be a meltdown, I don't think, if they don't get out of the group. No. Um, who's next? Croatia. Um, Again, they have the names, I think, bordering on the old uh, side. Yeah, I was going to say, I do think... I don't think they're going to have the same performance like they did in 2018. I, under no circumstances, do. I think um, they will be doing that. I also think it's interesting that Rakitic is not in the Croatian I squad. That. I was I thought maybe he was injured, but I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I I know he's not like at the form he was a couple years ago, but like I don't know. I'm a little surprised he's not in it. Yeah. But nonetheless, I, I think Croatia's problem is that they're old. Yeah. I agree. Um Morocco? Yeah. Morocco actually has a handful of players. Um, I actually like their chance. Like, I like 
I don't know. They've been looking good. I I don't think that you I know that... they've got a couple. They got a couple players that the casual fan might know. You yeah. know, Hakimi and uh, Ziek most notably. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they've got a couple see. other guys in there. So uh, Roman Sice is is plays for Morocco, which I did not know until recently. Yeah. Um, I think it might be an interesting. It could be, be an interesting, interesting group. I. I pick Belgium, Canada. That's what I have in this group. And then I have Morocco, Croatia, three, four. But I will honestly say I think any of these. I think Belgium will win the group. I'm pretty confident Belgium will win the group. But I think I I honestly think any of the three other teams could go through. I agree. Um, It really. I think this is one of. Yeah, I think this is one of the most likely groups to go down to the last day. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I feel like we might have noted that too, like all the way back when we talked about the groups. Genuinely don't remember, but don't remember that's either. what I have to say um, about yeah. that. Um, group G, second to last group, Brazil. I don't, are there any surprises in this? Maybe Firmino isn't um, in it. Firmino's not in it. Uh, Danny Alves is. Is. Compared to but Spain I don't think... not having Ramos, maybe it's notable. Yeah, I, I don't think it's, I think it's a little bit different in the sense that, like, Brazil is, in, I don't know who they would include instead of Dani Alves. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. Yeah, nothing too crazy. I think mid, I think Brazil is a weird group in the sense that they have some really young, exciting players, and they have some really old guys. Yeah. Um. So it's I think probably striking that balance. I think also striking the balance of all of their attackers and who to play. Yeah, I think is going to be a big. I mean, expect That's them to get be out of thing. this group. I think that that balance is what's going to determine yeah. them going far or not in the tournament. I actually think the balance is going to be their midfield, mm-hmm. um, and how well their midfield can transition because they have excellent, excellent attackers. Yeah, um, really sort of like. There's not a single guy on this front line that is not who couldn't brilliant, start. Yeah, to be, to be honest, yeah. um, who couldn't start. Yeah. So, who's gonna get it between them? Okay, you've got Casemiro. Yeah, you've got Fabinho. Yeah. you've got Fred. I mean, that I'm is? not. Yeah, not I would much. agree. I think that that might be their biggest hole. You know, so, so you might I, see I dropping back a little bit more from the forward. Yeah, we'll see the, if one of these guys yeah. who is a forward drops back into the middle a little bit. I, I can see, you know, I can see a couple different of these guys doing that. Um, it won't be yeah. Neymar, but might be someone else. <laughs> um, you know, all right, Cameroon. Um, they have a decent team. Yeah, I don't think anything. I don't really have much comment on their squad though. No, I don't either. But. Um, they look good. Serbia again. Serbia has yeah. Serbia has some again key has players couple, as well. Has some key players. We've got uh, Mitrovic, obviously yeah. one of the biggest. He's on fire right now, so that's yeah. Um, they actually have multiple Mitrovic's, but you guys know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the forward Mitrovic, the forward one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, there's a couple other guys that are that are pretty good and having pretty good seasons right now. So. So we'll see. Yeah. Um with that. Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland another one that 
is interesting. Switzerland's bringing four goalkeepers, which is yeah. interesting to me. An interesting choice. Maybe they just didn't have anyone else to bring. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who, like the open pool of Swiss Swiss players is. Um, yeah, all players I know are field players on the field. Yeah. Um, a couple interesting ones, I guess. You know, they've got a Kanji, Shakiri, Jaka, um, Noah Okafor. Yeah, they're not bad squad. No, again. I don't know that they. I don't know that they're getting out of the group. I don't think I have them getting out of this group. I think I have out of this group, um, Cameroon, Brazil, Serbia, and Switzerland. Brazil's the group winner, pretty obviously. That's what I have. Um, And I think, I can't remember for 100% sure, but I think I actually have Serbia coming out. Yeah. I Um, am between, I haven't finished this part of my bracket yet, I'm between Serbia and Cameroon. Yeah, um, it's but I picked one of the two. I think I picked Serbia, but I might have picked. Cameron. It's a bit of a toss up, not in a bad way. Um. Yep. Last but not least, Group H. Group H. We've got Ghana, who also look good. Yeah, Ghana but... have looked pretty decent recently. Um. Yeah. It'll be interesting. To they see. they of course have you know Inyaki Williams, who is sort of and Thomas Partey are sort of their my team yeah are sort of their sort of biggest names uh, yeah. in their squad but we'll see yeah we'll see um, um i feel like we talked about portugal in the context we did of talk ronaldo. about um, we talked about portugal quite a bit in the context of ronaldo i don't the, really know yeah that's, I don't that's really a reaction know. to portugal <laughs> um, i i don't really know portugal so, is another one of those teams that can field a pretty a really strong 11, 11 and don't yeah. have they're not the deepest. Yeah, um, they're a little bit deeper than some of the other teams that can build strong 11s, but I would put them in the same sort of category as like the Netherlands and Belgium. Yeah, I would agree. Um, South Korea, we talked about this on, on the last episode, um, probably comes down to Hyungman Son. Um, Pretty much. He says that he's ready to play. Um, yep. I'll take, I'll believe him. I, I will believe him. Um, they actually have a really like pretty decent squad. Um, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I pick them to come out of the group, but I would not be surprised if Son is playing for them to upset getting out of the group. Sort of maybe like Japan in a way. Um, yeah, I agree. But um, I hope Son is playing. <laughs> and then Uruguay. Uruguay. Last but not least. Um. Uruguay, who I constantly kind of forget about, and then look at their squad and go, "Oh, they have him! Oh, they have him! Oh, they have him! Oh, they have him! Oh, they have him!" Relatively decent. Um. Um. Yeah, I think that they're not the one I really forget about when it comes to Uruguay is Fede Valverde. Yeah, Um, I forget about him too. We are sorry. I always forget that he's from Uruguay. I don't know why. I don't forget about him as a human. I forget that he's from Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Of course, you know, Luis Suarez, Darwin Nunez, Cavani, uh, Araujo are some of the other sort of notable names. Um, yeah, I think they'll have to balance some, like, young players and, like, Luis Suarez, like, how you, like, yeah. that'll be a I do mark, think but... this last group, group, um, group H, is the most evenly balanced group. I agree. I would it agree. It is the hardest, it is the hardest group to pick. Yeah. Coming out of it. I'd agree. I think Portugal is the easiest one to say that they're coming out of it. But yeah. even them, I think it's it's yeah. 
it could get hairy. I don't think, I think it will. I think it, it's going to be int- – I think that just, like, the placing, too, is up for debate in my mind. Like, yeah, if Portugal gets out, are they going to be one? Are they going to be two? I don't know. It's hard like, to say. Putting Ghana as fourth in my group yeah. seems wrong, right? But, like – yeah. I think but is, so I does think putting South Korea. You yeah, know? exactly. And frankly, yeah. so does your so does putting Uruguay. Yeah, I don't know. I think this I might have been the group that we said was like the group really of hard. death. Yeah, though, like not even though. No, the I don't know that, that any of these. I don't think any of these four teams are going to win the World Cup. No, Point but blank. it might be one anybody. of the hardest groups to get out of. But I do think it's one of the hardest groups to get out of. Yeah. I think it is the most even, the most well balanced group in terms of all of the teams are the closest together in terms of yeah. sort of like their relative level. Yeah. Um, do we want to make predictions? I think I have Portugal, South Korea. Yeah. I think that's who I picked. If I'm not looking for for those of you who are listening, I'm not looking no. at my picks, um, but I believe that's who I picked. I'm pretty um, sure that I don't have mine up either. Um, I feel like I might have just picked South Korea for hope, and I'm like I need someone, and I really do hope they get through, and yeah. I want Son to play. Um, I think I picked Portugal and South Korea, but like I just said, anybody could get out of this group, and I would not be shocked. Yeah. Um. Okay. There's the groups. Let's give some, like, maybe who's going to be in the final and who's going to win type. Also, granted, this all depends on, like, who gets out and, like, what side of the brackets they're on. Yeah, because it's – I actually so maybe was we surprised pick- when I was doing my gr- bracket what I thought – what my picks of who was going to finish one and two, like, what that came out as. Yeah. Um, I haven't done that part yet on mine, so I don't know. So the way that I had it, I think, I ended up being, I ended up with some weird ones where I was like, oh, well, I wouldn't have picked them to be in the quarterfinals, but the way that this turns out, this is how it ends up. You also have a potential for Argentina and France to play each other in the quarterfinal if you pick Argentina to win and France to come second in that group. If they come, if France comes second in the group and Argentina wins their group, they play in the round of sixteen. Oh yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Sorry, yeah. Um, Which would be insane. Um, and if and the and the reality is, a lot of people have talked about Argentina and Brazil. Blah 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 blah. Argentina and Brazil, if they both win their groups, will play in the seconds. Yeah, one side of the bracket feels. Why do I feel like one side of the bracket feels? Because I think the first, like, groups, like, group A, B, C. Yeah. yeah, like, I think groups A, B, C, and, like, there's a couple of groups are, like, top-heavy. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I, And I don't, I don't know if we want to really get into that, because who knows? And we'll yeah. all talk about it once. I will tell you, though. group stages. I think with the teams that I had winning that we just went through, the teams that I had winning their groups, yeah, um, I ended up with, um, I actually ended up with the semifinals being Brazil, Argentina versus England, Belgium. How did you? Oh yeah, Brazil, Argentina. Wait, England, Belgium. Oh yeah. Yes. You think because yeah. I have. Yeah, I have Belgium, Belgium beating Germany. Germany. I have yeah. Portugal beating Serbia. And then I have Belgium beating Portugal. 
And I'm going to be honest, I don't, I would not have, if you had asked me to just say like, what teams do you think are going to be in the quarterfinals without yeah. like, or the semifinals, like without knowing who was going to be like, wh- how the groups like sort of shake it out, I would not have chosen Belgium. No. But they I do think have, if Belgium have wins a path. their group, they have a pretty decent path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I actually have Belgium beating England in that semi. So I have my final in my bracket. I pulled up my Argentina, Belgium. Argentina, Belgium. Wow. I have not done this yet, everyone. I only am like just trying to finish my group stage. So I I don't have mine yet. But um, and and if you had asked me, that would not have been what I would not have picked an Argentina, Belgium final. But the way that it shook out. Yeah. I feel like if it sh- if the group stage shakes out how I think it's going to shake out, that's what I think is going to happen. And I will also say that if Denmark and France, which I think might be one of the biggest like things that we have flipped from other people's brackets, then you get England, France potentially in the quarterfinal. Yes. Either way, some big teams are going to be playing each other in the round of 16 and in the quarters, which is going to allow openings potentially in the semis for other teams potentially not anticipated to reach agreed yeah. agreed um which i actually think like i think belgium have a pretty good chance to win their group path yeah and i think they have a pretty good path at least to the semis yeah i would agree i would agree um i assume that you have argentina winning i do i have argentina winning um yeah i would say i honestly might end up with argentina winning too i don't know um I, but I think that we could probably give better assessments like post group stage when we have this all a little yeah, bit more laid I think, out. So and we I can think kind when we when we record post group stage, we'll talk we'll talk about you know what we think the brackets will yeah. do. We'll like sort of redo predictions at that point. Yeah. Um. But I think at the end of the day, I'm pulling for Argentina now. I've been pulling for Argentina. I will continue to pull for Argentina. Yep. Um, I am. I'm. You know. Pulling for Argentina in the way of Messi. Definitely want to see Denmark do well um, as my my team. Then, uh, you know, if the U.S. can beat the Netherlands a, in that game, that would be nice to make the quarterfinals. Yeah, I'm a meanie mean. I'm a meanie mean. And I want Portugal to get knocked out early because I want the city players to not play very many games. Yep. And I would also not be mad if England got knocked out, knocked out early because I would like the city players to not play that many games. Yep. So I'm a meanie mean. I want the only reason that I want Belgium to go far, even though Kevin De Bruyne is, because I want Kevin De Bruyne. I think, I think if City continues to have it has a good sort of end of the year showing, and Argentina doesn't win the World Cup, um, and Belgium and Belgium has a decent World Cup run, I think it gives De Bruyne a stronger argument for a Ball d'Or. Yeah. Um, which is should surprise no one that I want for him. Yeah. Um, I think if Argentina wins the World Cup, it doesn't matter. Messi's going to win. But yep. um, if Argentina, if anyone other than Argentina wins the World Cup, if if Belgium makes a decent run and City finishes strong to the season, then I then I want then I think De Bruyne has a good has a good shot at it. So, yeah. So, we'll yeah, see. Um, that's kind of what we've got. Um, we will probably record again post like what do you think group stage oh yeah um so i think probably post group stage so we won't have a new episode next week 
yeah um, we were considering doing one and then I think that it's just gonna be a little bit too crazy and for yeah, us and I just think, like I think the reality is scheduling the, wise the, too with it being Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. next week yeah. for us um we're just gonna wait um but then potentially during the knockout stages we we'll probably record we'll a do little bit more often yeah I think we we the sort of tentative plan is to do it after each round basically yeah. so after the group stage after the round of 16 after the quarterfinals after the semi and then of course after the final yeah um but so, so much soccer ahead of us yeah. um lots to lots and we're to come very excited to see what happens yeah and we let us are not just forget a couple of days now away so yeah it's crazy cannot still can't wrap my mind around it but here we are yep here we are all right well um we will finish this off for today and uh, we will talk to you um, after a full group stage of the World Cup is complete. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.